0: This episode of The Road to DDO is brought to you by Bushnell. Bushnell is dedicated to giving every disc golfer the info they need to refine their gameplay and learn from every shot in training and in competition. The all-new Edge Disc Golf Rangefinder with Z-Mode Height Measurement is purpose-built to give players the data they need to make every shot better than the last. Learn more at bushnell.com slash disc golf. Welcome back to The Road to DDO, a special podcast series. This is episode four in the final episode. My hope is that this podcast series has helped you learn a little bit more about the Dynamic Discs Open and has you excited for your trip to Emporia, Kansas. We've covered a few of the activities in prior episodes, but now it is time to talk about the courses you will be playing during the competition. Now, we are not going to talk about every course, but highlight a few to give you an idea of what to expect. You can go to the competitor info page at dynamicdiscsopen.com to see which divisions you play. And remember that all of that is subject to change, so be sure to check back often. To stay the most up-to-date, download our mobile app by going to the Apple App Store or Google Play, download the app called Attendify, and then join the Dynamic Discs Open event. Be sure to create a profile and turn on notifications so you can get the most out of our app. Eric Oakley and Chris Clemens arrived to Emporia about two weeks early so they could take care of some business here and to get some practice rounds in. They graciously agreed to be on the show to talk about some of the courses. So we'll start out with Opie, of course, the Eagle Disc Golf Course in Opie, Kansas. So Chris Clemens, tell people that are going to play the Opie course, what can they expect? Uh, you can expect probably some wind.
1: Um, it is Emporia, but it's kind of out on a lake. And from what I remember, it's very windy out there. Usually um, some longer shots, some water shots. So yeah. Um, I think placement golf out there and smart golf is going to pay off. You know, don't be a hero and don't try to go for stuff that's out of your comfort zone. Um, When I played there in 2017, I played just a solid round and kept it in bounds and ended up being in like eighth or ninth or something after that round uh, against the best players in the world just because I didn't throw out of bounds. So keep it in bounds out there uh, and play to your
0: strengths. As far as uh, discs and what you choose, I always hear that when you go play Opie, that uh, it's like always five to 10 mile an hour wind, uh, more wind mm-hmm. than it were if you're just in the middle of Emporia, Kansas. How does that change your game plan as far as what discs you want to take out there?
1: Uh, for me, if I went and played it today, I would probably be using my enforcer a lot, uh, my war horses, my felon. Mm-hmm. Uh, A lot of overstable stuff, just trying to ensure that I was keeping it in bounds, trying to be accurate, um, trying to keep the disc low and out of the wind. Because if if you start going out of bounds out there, it can get pretty hairy pretty quick. And you're going to lose some Frisbees, so you don't really want to do that.
0: All right, so let's jump over to Peter Pan. Now, uh, Peter Pan's obviously been around uh, much longer as far as Emporia Disc golf courses. So I know you've played it quite a bit, Eric. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell people, break it down. Break it down. Break it down. Break down down,
2: uh, Peter Pan Park for us. Peter Pan's uh, a more traditional kind of park course where you can kind of settle into a rhythm of similar shots. Um, uh, I remember playing it well, the the first GBO I ever played. Um, And I kind of threw the same forehand on like seven or eight of the holes and all resulted in birdies. So it became one of those things that I just stayed in that same shot shape and stayed in that same distance and power and disc. Like I didn't switch any discs up a lot. So it's a a course that you can kind of go out and pick apart uh, pretty easily with a good game plan. A couple dangerous holes that if you if you if you look at and make good decisions on the the peninsula hole comes to mind uh, and the big bomber hole on the uh, par four on the backside. I think it's 16 um, comes to mind. Those are two holes that if you decide to be too aggressive, you could find yourself OB and go into the drop zone and taking unnecessary strokes. Um, so definitely it's it, it kind of favors in the way of smart, good golf. Um, but definitely has the ability to be attacked and, and kind of be, you know, crushed. So you can really shoot low at Peter Pan.
0: Now, one of the, uh, I guess, more famous holes of Peter Pan is, I believe it's hole eight, and that's the the island hole. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what goes into the your mind as far as not allowing it, the fact that it's an island hole, get to you.
2: Uh, you you've, I, I try and remember that I've thrown the shots. I've thrown the shots a lot, uh, and I've thrown that distance with with a mid range. I've thrown that distance with a fairway driver. I've thrown it with a distance driver. I've thrown it with a lot of different discs. So it's about stepping up, not thinking about anything else other than hit the line, trust the disc and, uh, and just put it on the Island. It's a pretty generous Island where you can end up, you can end up with a 60 footer. I feel like on that Island at some points. So um, don't try and get too crazy. Don't try and overthrow it. Just put something that gives you an opportunity to score. And that's, that's what, Peter Pan kind of uh, thrives on is opportunities for birdies. And if you do, you're going to probably get a a decent amount.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's jump over to the two courses that you guys are playing for Mm -hmm. the event. Uh, We'll start out with the Emporia Country Club. Now, you've played it several times Mm because of past events, GBO, and then, of course, the Dynamic Discs Open uh, that happened during uh, 2020 and the pandemic. Um, I've always heard it's a long course. Mm -hmm. I've always heard that it's just a hyzer friendly course. Would you say that to be true? Is that what people can expect? I mean, I get it. It's not the wooded courses and things like that that people see in other places, but
2: you you, you can play country club. You can play country club without having to throw hyzers. There are plenty of holes where you can attack with a straight disc, but as you've been taught as a disc golfer, the most consistent shot is an overstable hyzer. So we look for them. And especially on a course like country club, where the wind can be one of the biggest factors, um, you kind of have to lean on those overstable discs. So you have to throw those hyzers and with overstable discs to just kind of keep them in balance because there's a lot of OB and, uh, the, the OB is all incredibly fair. It, It feels like I'm being punished for a bad shot in most cases where it's not out there to get you or anything where we have some courses like that where it sometimes feels like the OB is just like, why are you in the middle of the fairway? This doesn't, I don't, I don't get it. Or why are you 10 feet from the basket? It's like, it just doesn't feel fun. Um, but at, uh, at Country Club, it's, you, it, it, it kind of feeds on the, um, are you scared of the course or are you attacking the course? Because at the moment you kind of let off, country club kind of comes out and grabs you and and pulls you under. Where um, if you're go- if you're taking it to the course, you can kind of really pick up some good strokes and it, honestly, it it gives you confidence going into the later holes where uh, where you can pick up a lot of birdies and um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But you definitely can shot shape and throw some just dead straight shots in the middle of the, middle of the fairway and get similar similar results, but I, you'll see most players leaning on that uh, um, on that Heiser game. How how is it for you as a as a lefty? Do you feel it's it feels like it plays similarly, just lefty Heisers, or are you having to throw a lot of forehands?
1: Uh, I'm trying to like imagine the course in my mind because I didn't really get to play it last year. Um, oh, that's right. But I mean the. You know on an, a ball golf course, yes, you're going to see a lot of overstable discs flying, especially without a bounce. And especially it's an Emporia, so there's going to be wind. So of course, a hyzer is the most consistent shot in disc golf. Um I do think that they've added some of the holes, what is it like 9 or 10 or something where you got to shoot out the gap. Yeah. Holes like that that uh, ensure that you can't quite throw a hyzer. You got to throw a straight shot, a more accurate shot, which is I not think is throwing good. that shot for like <clears throat> yeah.
2: a lot of holes. Too. Right.
1: Um, so I think that, yeah, I throw a fair amount of forehands and backhands mm-hmm. out there. Um, it is a, a long course, but you know, in general people are just going to gravitate towards throwing hyzers, you know, especially in more open air. So that's just the name of the game and it's consistent. So you got to do it if you want to compete.
0: Have you practiced it yet while you're here?
2: We're planning on this afternoon. Oh, okay. So, looking forward to seeing the new changes to a couple t pads. I think one, eight, sixteen. I mm-hmm. think were the the main ones that I saw as as um, good changes. Uh, it, it. I think the whole goal was to kind of take some of the weird stuff that can happen and you know make it more on the player rather than uh, rather than so, letting the wind be a factor of ruining somebody's shot or or you're coming in and stay over the road and don't come back in. It just kind of eliminates that, which is I think a good thing for our sport. So,
0: is there any particular hole that you're ready to come back and attack? You know, kind of get uh, redeem yourself on hole one. Yeah. Hole one is
2: for years, even when it was in the shorter uh, positions. I have I have generally played that hole poorly. I've always thrown it out of bounds at some point. Like last year, I was going simple forehand off the tee and. I First first shot of the tournament, it's too much juice, stayed left OB, and I'm just like, come on. <laughs> so I'm really ready to kind of get after hole one. I think a good game plan, having the evader, uh, I think will um, allow me to throw some really good conservative shots and make, make birdie and par. The scores I'm getting rather than these like struggling to save bogeys and sometimes taking doubles It's it's it is a very very difficult hole the green gets really tricky with the slope behind OB in front and left and right and so it's 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 not necessarily easy. Do I expect a birdie at every round? I play no, but um, I want to be I want to be in control on that hole And I think that's my my bigger bigger thought and honestly, it's the first hole you get to play so it can, it can really set the tone for the round. So I'm kind of ready to kind of be on top of that and go get it.
0: Chris, is there a particular hole? I mean, again, same question, but also is there another one or maybe it's the same answer? Is there one that you're like, I am for sure going to practice this one and know what I'm going to throw?
1: I will answer that question in a second because okay. I
0: want to talk about hole one. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> Eric probably knows what I'm going to say. I haven't seen the new tee yet, but... From what I've heard, like they moved the tee kind of to the middle of the fairway. So it makes it, you know, if you're a rider, you're not flirting with the road so much. And Eric has said he had to throw a forehand, uh, you know, last year. And it was tough, especially when it's windy or flirt with the road if you want to throw that righty hyzer. And you do see a lot of, you know, big Calvin or Double G throwing kind of like flex, you know, over the over the fairway the whole time. But it could skip out and go left. And to me, if that hole were reversed, you know, if you flip it around, I don't think they ever would have made the change. But because so many righties are having, like, trouble on it or it's not as as inviting, they're like, well, let's open it up a little bit more. And to me, I loved it because I just mash a mm-hmm. backhand uh, and it didn't matter the wind. Um, so, I mean, it, it probably is a good change, but it's something that's – I'm like, well, why – I give the righties another opportunity Cater for to a the Heiser, righties. <laughs> right? um, you probably but, played it better than me, anyways. Like, <laughs> well, right, and I want that but advantage. I didn't, I didn't still. do you
2: any favors, <laughs> but but now, like,
1: if that T's going to be moved, then it might not be as hard for a yeah. righty because they can throw the hyzer without like worrying about going OB right But I as do much. think
2: that new T pad is going to encourage people to throw bigger shots. So right. we're going to probably see, right. and I mean, the the danger is the right side, not just the road, but those, those hedges and those, those well, bushes yeah. are, 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 nuts. So. Right. And like
1: people going OB in people's front yards and stuff like that, yeah, you it's know, not probably great. was a little bit. A uh, factor. Yeah. Dude, but, have you
2: landed in one of those bushes? Uh, yeah,
1: dude, right on top,
2: <laughs> and you have you're under them, and you're doing this weird next That's thing.
1: It is it is the uh, worst time. But avoid those like the plague. Question, Bobby? Uh, I think hole sixteen. I'm excited to play the new tee. Um, for like sometimes I have really good luck on island holes, and other times they can be a pucker factor and make you second guess what you're doing, make you think about the wind too much. Um, so I always kind of enjoy playing them, you know, mm. and when I do make the island, it feels really good. And so I'm excited to to give 16 a go. You know, a lot of other holes. I can't think of a specific hole other than that that's given me, like, you know, crazy amounts of trouble or I've had to, like, think about a lot. But uh, 16 is definitely a, a fun hole oh, man. that I'm looking forward to playing.
2: I mean, the stretch of 16, 17, 18, I think could be could be one of i think one of the harder stretches that we play all year with you know 17 just being a really i think probably one Is of the harder tee shots yeah one of the harder tee shots on the course and it's then it's very
1: hard it's especially like for a lefty
2: mm-hmm. i think like I go getting, forehand though so really? I go kind of flippy forehand right up the gut and, like, let it teeter towards the left side and it just fade I, into the fairway. I guess it
1: probably depends on, like, wind. Yeah. Um, well,
2: well, that hole's impossible in the wind. Right. Because, <laughs> like, if you
1: if you are throwing a forehand, like, the one, I guess you can flip it. If yeah. you flip it to our left or if you uh, hyzer a little yeah. too much, then it can leak OB right.
2: Yeah. I kind of actually will... It'd be entertained by the evader as as an like a nice low drive shot yeah. too as well. That's and, what I've always done is to like a getaway, explorer and just
1: smash it really straight, land flat, and, and then decide on my second shot if yeah. I'm in <clears throat> in the range to go for a birdie or to keep it safe and play for a par. Totally, because I see a lot of people take big numbers on seventeen. Dude, and
2: the the green on eighteen is the one I think that gets me is like I've I felt like I've thrown a lot of really good shots. It's a pretty simple you know, layup. But I mean, we saw last year with Paul getting some spe- uh some uh spotter love and yeah. catching catching the, the leg and I'm pretty sure they had to go to the hospital. They didn't, I'm joking. Um but uh <laughs> nice rumor to start. I know, seriously, Paul sent somebody to the hospital. He you heard it here first. Uh no, but that didn't happen. Uh but I I've I, I actually really like that green because it, it it uh it puts you in a couple places where your disc can just like up and roll down the hill, and then you're like, "Oh, I need to play to the flat side, which is higher up." And mm. then you leave it short, and now you have this putt towards the OB. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan. I do think the green should be opened up a little bit more off of that OB because I've I mean it's it's inside the circle and disarrolling rolling. But and if I don't know, I I generally like that hole as uh, as a good finishing hole, and everybody kind of gets to be on top of the basket looking down, especially since we're gonna have spectators this year, it should be, we should have a nice little crowd as, uh, as the champions crowned. Excellent. Excellent.
0: All right, let's move on to Jones gold. <laughs> now, if you guys aren't familiar with Jones gold, it's a, uh, a mashup or a safari style of Jones West and Jones East, uh, hasn't been played since I think 2013 the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then it's not going to be some of the exact same holes, so, Chris, we'll have you do. Let me just a quick rundown of uh, what are you familiar with it. I'm sure you're f- pretty familiar. Jones Gold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holes, let's do the the front nine. What can people expect from some of the front nine shots? Um, the front nine, it's pretty long. There's a lot of par fours. I think there might be like three
1: par mm-hmm. threes or something like that mm-hmm. on the front nine. Uh, the par, I mean, it's it's pretty standard golf they're definitely scoring opportunities as long as the wind isn't insane um but i mean yeah just throw like my game plan is probably going to be throwing a lot of uh, overstable drivers and putting it in the fairway and then you know going from there whether if i have to throw a verdict or an emac or a harp in or felon whatever Uh, but giving myself tons of scoring opportunities on the par fours and keeping it in bounds because none of the holes are like super duper long to where you have to throw 500 feet Mm -hmm. to be in scoring position. You can throw 400 feet and be just fine. Okay. Eric, you with the back nine, uh,
2: similar concept to, to the front. Good amount of par fours, some difficult, um, uh, shots to navigate, uh, I feel like the back nine has uh, a couple holes that can really bite you um, in um, It's 17 on West. I believe it's 15 on gold I could be wrong in that number, but we we talked about it on the podcast yesterday But it's it's this tight shot, and if it's a screaming headwind It's the gap off the tee with the OB on the right the fence on the left the the water that comes in later in the hole it is a daunting hole to be to be playing, and it's and it can be, like it can be a round killer because you can you can hit like too worried about going into the road, early tree, and now you're having to manage how do I still manage this tighter fairway with OB a lot in a lot of places and still get to this basket in a reasonable number, um, <clears throat> but I think it's going to be a uh, the back nine is kind of feeds on on that. Uh, how are you playing? Are you having to be aggressive? And if not, if you're still just throwing the disc good, then you can just kind of ride it out and 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 uh, pick up a, uh, quite a few birdies and and shoot shoot pretty low. I do think um, with the right wind conditions, we're going to see some eagle opportunities on on the back nine for sure, and definitely on the front too. It's some holes are uh, they they play in a good distance, but it's if if it's calm, like maybe not gettable. But maybe you can get, like, a 100-footer, so you might see somebody throw one in. But in, like, really good wind conditions, you can get that extra, like, 50, 60 feet to have a, a legit eagle look, which will maybe get uh, maybe get the crowd going.
0: Now, maybe this isn't such a specific uh, Jones Gold question, but maybe overall in any course that you guys play while mm-hmm. on tour. But well you said that one holds a round killer. Mm-hmm. Does that... I understand you guys are professionals. You understand that, you know, it's your game and how you play it. But how does that, does that, does that add to a course? Does that take away to a, from a course if there's just that one or two holes that
2: you literally can ruin your round? As long as the hole is fair. Okay. As long as we're not playing a triple island, bunch of words, multiple drop zones, six mandos, like weird like if you have to write a novel and have a Spark Notes to understand the rules on the hole, you probably didn't make the hole. Like that—that that you should. Um, like take USDGC hole seventeen as an as as an example. Uh, that is a. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is North a round. It is a round
2: killing hole. But I think we can all argue as players who have played it that it's fair. It's there is an easy layup zone way outright that if you just kind of find the fat, you're, get, you're likely getting a three and maybe a five. Like, it's like So it doesn't hurt that bad. But the moment is whenever you are trying to get a little greedy and then you miss one and then mm-hmm. you gotta get a little bit closer because you want to try and save that better score. And then it, just, it, it, it tends to bite pretty hard. So that to me is why I think it's just, again, has to be fair.
0: Don't you agree? Yeah, Chris. So remind people why the reaction to that hole
2: uh, salt in the wound.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. No, uh, I th- it was 2019 USDGC, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was either tied for the leader and the lead, and I missed the island three straight times on 17. And once you miss it for the third time, then you move up to the drop zone that's on the island. So the worst you can take is, I think, an eight. Yeah. And I think that's what it took. So uh, given that situation, do you agree with Eric? Yeah. I love the hole because it it is fair. It requires, you know, a good shot, but it's not fluky in any way. It's not like you got to make a mando or do anything out of the ordinary. You can throw a chip backhand for me or forehand and be really safe if you want yeah occasionally you might get a bad roll or something Mm -hmm. but i think the hole is really good because you're thinking about it a couple holes before you're like i still have to get through this hole i still have to make this island a 220 foot shot you're thinking about it holes in advance Mm -hmm. and that is really good that makes the course good i think because golf is supposed to be like a mental battle and so some days you might not think about it you're on it's like yeah just step Easy. up and you throw it yeah. um, but other days especially if you know things are on the line it becomes harder and um yeah you know there are courses that have those round killer um, holes and I think that they're good yes as long as they're fair but I think that really good courses always have those where you have to traverse a hole if you're feeling it birdies awesome sometimes par is really really good and even bogey at times but if you're not careful you can take a big number
0: now some pros say that they enjoy when a tournament only has uh one course uh, because that's what they know they can practice it and they're good Mm -hmm. to go whereas some uh tournaments that have three or four courses then you're thinking oh my gosh I've got all these courses I need to practice Mm -hmm. so with the two here for the Dynamite Discs Open, adding Jones Gold, is that a good mix? Is it a good mix to have two? Were you excited about it? Were you like, you know, tell us how you felt about adding Jones Gold to it.
2: Over four rounds, love it. Two courses over four rounds is, is, is fine. Two on each, you get you get a redemption round on each course, and it gives you diversity. I do not love four rounds over three courses. No, that's not a shot at Vegas, but it's the only one we actually do that at 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 a major level. Um, but it just doesn't feel it's it's too much. We're it's we're practicing fifty-four holes. I remember I remember it was something of we had to practice uh for the memorial and Vegas. It was five courses over like ten eight days rounds or in ten days. <laughs> And you had to practice them, you had to practice it and like not including your practice time. It was, it was too much. So if you're going to do four rounds, two courses is awesome. I I don't, I don't know if I would love four rounds on one course. I feel like that might be too much. Um, one course over three rounds, sweet. And I don't, I actually do not like two courses over three rounds. If you're gonna have three rounds, let give us one course, make that course quality, and let's, uh what's stay there. And then, if you're gonna to go to four rounds, open it up to have an equally good and equally challenging course. Ledgestone comes to my mind as a a place that offers that same level of course that we get to play twice. Um, in, in Eureka and Northwood Gold. So, I'm excited to see Country Club combined with Gold, where you know that you might need to, in, in, on some days, if it's not too windy, like you might need to pick up more strokes out at uh, Jones Gold to help help give you a cushion for Country Club because it's going to get windy at the weekend, or vice versa, that you can use Country Club if it's calm and, and not too bad to, to kind of um, claw your way back into it. Chris, so Jones Gold is new for this year, um, so obviously hasn't been played
0: uh, as often, but given comparing the two on even ground... Imported Country Club versus Jones Gold. Which one do you think requires more attention as far as making sure you're prepared?
1: Um, I would probably have to say Country Club is going to be, um, the shots maybe maybe not more specific, but I feel like at Jones there's a, there's just so many par fours so you can throw you know, your 400 foot shot, even 350 foot shot, and then throw that again and be at the basket. Uh, at country club, you have Island holes, you have, uh, you know, there's a gap, a gap hole. There's some tight, some tighter OB. Um, I, so I think at least for me, um, just because I've always played Jones East really well. Um, And so I enjoy that and Jones Gold, you know, incorporates a lot of East. And so I enjoy that like park golf, um, kind of throwing around trees and putting it in landing areas and then approaching the green. Um, So I think Country Club has more, more, uh, you're going to, it's going to require more uh, attention and more of a thought process to have a game plan to do better, at least for me.
0: Anthony has played just about every course in the area, so I invited him back so he could talk about some of the courses that the A tier side will be playing during Dynamic Discs Open. All right, Anthony, let's start with Clovercliff Ranch. Now, let's. let's. <laughs> so uh, I know you've played it a, a few times mm-hmm. at least. Uh, yep. tell, tell people what they can expect when they go play Clovercliff.
3: So Clovercliff is. It's almost, it almost feels like two courses in one. The first half of that course is a lot more open and there's a ton of elevation. If you've never been out there, if you've never seen anything, you are playing through the Flint Hills. There are some, the scenery is gorgeous. It's incredible. Some of the views that you get out there Um, and the, the front half of that course, you absolutely feel that. On the backside is when you get into a little bit more of the trees. There's a little bit more. Um, woods, you're you're still playing through some elevation, but it's not quite as drastic as the front. So expect to be throwing some of your more overstable stuff on the front half of the course, and then probably a little bit more of your kind of neutral stuff. Once you get back into the woods, uh, you really are going to be forced to shape shots a lot more than uh, than battling the wind.
0: Yeah, that one uh, I've, I played it a few times as well and it has a lot of elevation. Um, mm-hmm. I know even after, I think the first time I played it at the, after walking up to whole 18s basket, I was like, man, that's a, that's quite a workout. Um, there's quite a bit of up and down. So yeah. I would almost say like, if people have carts, maybe mm-hmm. not bring your cart to this one.
3: Yeah. I personally don't use a cart. Um, I've played it a few times with Danny. He traditionally does use a cart and every time I've played with him, I don't think he brought it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point that it's, there's a few holes out there, hole three specifically, I think it is, is it plays like 370 feet, 375 feet or so, and maybe, maybe it's a little bit longer, um, but it feels twice that long. The first half is just flat and then it's just up a hill afterwards where you can, if you throw 375 feet your next shot is still going to be about 100 feet of power just straight up a hill. Like you said, hole 17... It, it looks like a wall. Yeah. <laughs> You're throwing straight up in the air. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of elevation for sure.
0: The one thing, though, to make sure when you if you if you play Clover Cliff Ranch is to kind of take in the sights because it is a beautiful oh. course. Uh, the baskets are I can't remember if everyone every baskets on that stone. I can't remember what kind of stone it is.
3: I think it's limestone.
0: Limestone, yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the baskets are on that, and you'll see a lot of that limestone around the course. Uh, beautiful bridges that are huge. Um, oh, yeah. uh, what do they call them? I think they're suspension bridges mm-hmm. um, yep. um, across the course, but it just makes for a beautiful uh, piece of land. So uh, make sure you take all that in as you're competing out there. <laughs> um, let's move on to Cottonwood Falls or uh, some people might know it as the Boyce Baumgard, um, Baumgartner. Baumgartner, I was <laughs> uh at Swope Park. So has, I think, a course that has three different names.
3: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. There's a million different things you could call this course and people would know what you're talking about. Right
0: Now, this was, a I know that this was kind of a a, a different course that Eric put together, but mm-hmm. he was very proud of this course because he knew Boyce Um But tell us what people can expect on that one.
3: Uh, so I would consider it uh, similar to... Cottonwood, fo- or excuse me, it's similar to Clover Cliff, where there's a really good mix of tightly wooded shots and open shots. It, I believe it's a par 58, um, so there's four par 4s out there, so it's not the longest course in the world. And one of the par 4s, it's hole 8, is one of my favorite holes in the Emporia. The course as a whole is one of my favorite courses in the area. Um, but hole 8 is a 372-foot par 4. Ooh. Most people would think 372 should be a par three all day, but it is every bit of a two shot hole. You have to get around a corner and then there's kind of an uphill, then it flattens out, then it's uphill, then it flattens out again. Um, Really, really cool shot there. Um, Just a ton of, of great holes there. It plays in the open at the beginning. Then there's kind of a middle section of about five or six holes that are pretty wooded. And then you kind of get back out into the open at the end. Uh, I, I really like this course a lot.
0: Yeah. Um one of the favorite things I like about this course is I believe it's hole 14 has the pyramid of is it, it might,
3: uh, it's either 13 or 14. Is it 13 or 14? I believe it's 14, you might be right.
0: Okay. So, um if you've ever watched the Piney Woods Open or if you watched the Texas States or if you played in Texas States, of course no, yeah, they didn't play that particular course for the pros, but yeah, uh, there's a huge pyramid of made of stones that uh, the basket is very elevated. But it just it's just a beautiful view, and it's a really cool uh, hole to throw on. Um, and then of course, if you uh, if you park it
2: yeah. at the <laughs> bottom of the
0: pyramid, <laughs> you're not a, parked. Yeah, you're not really <laughs> parked, and it's a tricky shot, but it's always fun to try to do. And I know it's a, a very uh, uh, it's a hole that a lot of people like to take pictures of with the basket. Yes,
3: so. yeah, it's a super scenic green. Um, and you brought up the, the one at Lindsay Park where they had Texas States. Yeah. This is definitely inspired by that, but it is bigger. Yeah. If you've played that course and you've played that whole think double that, yeah. double that pyramid. It is, uh, it's probably what, 20 feet off the ground, I, would yeah, you say? At least, yeah. yeah. It's up there. Yeah. so And it good. was Whole 14, by the way. Whole 14. You good. were correct.
0: I was. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Always trust me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah. So that's good. So that's Cottonwood Falls. Um, next up is actually a new course for the uh dynamic discs open formerly glass blown open and i know that this is something that uh doug and eric had been working on to get uh council grove part mm-hmm. of or at least i know pa- council grove had reached out and said hey we hear what you guys are doing in emporia we want we want a little bit of that that in council grove council grove is about this course is probably about a what a 20 25 minute drive
3: yeah i was thinking maybe 25 30 minutes yeah it's not too far
0: no it's not too far i remember me and danny went out to play it and uh, he told me it's about a thirty minute drive, and I remember we're just talking, and then we're already there, mm-hmm. so it's not too bad of a drive. Yeah. Um. So council. Uh, so Council Grove, Kansas View Disc Golf Course. Now this one's right near a lake, right?
3: It is. Yeah. It's there. If you shanked a shot pretty good, you could go in the lake. Right. You shouldn't, but yeah, should. there are a few chances where <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's <you> possible. <laughs> so walk us through a
0: few holes <laughs> and what to expect out at there at that course.
3: Uh, the, the biggest thing, like you had said, is the lake is right there. Because of that, it is typically very windy. Everybody knows DDO, GBO is known for the wind. Expect wind here. Um, the, the lake just hates disc golf, apparently, and it just <laughs> wants you to throw all your overstable discs. Um, the The front half is kind of your traditional park-style golf, a few big trees to miss on every hole, and then the backside is a little bit longer and a little bit more technical with some some tighter fairways, a little bit more OB um, and, and things like that. If you've played the Jones courses or Peter Pan, the front is fairly similar to that. And then the back is kind of like that, maybe a few less trees, but a little bit tighter OB. I do remember
0: that now that you bring it up, me and Danny and played and I do remember uh, all of a sudden it was like... I don't want to. I don't want to say the cliche of you. You were on a different course, but it was different. Yes. Your play definitely had yes. to change.
3: Yeah, the front half is like it's all mowed grass pretty much everywhere. There might be some rough in the off the fairways, but then yeah, the backside is like the, there's you kind of walk across the parking lot and there's tall grass that you have to avoid. There's yeah. lined fairways. Yeah, it definitely. It definitely feels different.
0: Yeah, you definitely have to change your game up there. All right, so now next up is the Muni courses, or we have the Municipal Hand Eye Course, which is often referred to as the Blue Course. Then we have the, the Municipal Physics of Flight Course, which is often referred to as the Red Course. Now, these are temporary courses. Um, a lot of people ask us to do uh, course previews, but they don't let us put these up until like the, the day that we have to put up baskets yes. for people to practice enough. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, it doesn't exist until right up until the actual competition, but I know you've played it when we've had you, have you ever been able to play it?
3: I, so I played, they redesigned the Muni courses. I want to say three years ago or four years ago. And so I played the version before that when I actually came, uh, I believe it was GBO 2015 when I actually played out there. And ironically enough, that was the first time that I met Danny as well. Um, And so I played that, but that was on, so the municipal ball golf courses where these courses are, it used to be one course on the back nine holes, I think. And now there's one course on the front nine, one course on the back nine. Um, And so I played a different version that's no longer in play, um, but I'm familiar with the courses. I've walked them a few times. Um, Yeah. And like I said, it's on the golf course. So it is similar to uh, the country club. Uh, I'm sure most people are familiar with that from coverage. Um, It's not quite as intense. It's not quite as extreme, not quite as long, not quite as tight of fairways, but a lot of similar shots, a lot of longer shots, a lot of OB, um, fairly open airspace. And uh, you're really going to get to test your arm out here.
0: Yeah. Now, one of the really nice things about the Muni course is because it's a golf course, then you're going to have some really pretty fairways, really pretty greens. Yeah. Um, You're definitely going to have to make sure you understand how a disc is affected when it hits the ground because these are like well manicured greens for sure.
3: Yeah. That's one really cool aspect of these courses that some other courses might not give you where if you're at a traditional disc golf course, it's just kind of there where here you're on a traditional ball golf course. So like you said, everything is manicured. So you have to control your disc coming into the ground a lot more because if you come in at just the wrong angle, you could rocket skip. Mm-hmm. And it, it's the difference between having a 10 foot putt and having a 45 foot putt and in the wind, that's a huge, huge difference. So yeah, it really tests your game uh, in different ways for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I hope this podcast has helped you get prepared for the Dynamic Discs Open. Although we are not doing all the events from prior years due to COVID, it is still going to be a great time. If you have yet to make it out to Emporia, Kansas to take part in the experience, I encourage you to add it to your disc golf bucket list. Year after year, I hear from people all over that have had such a great time hanging out with other disc golfers. This is Bobby Cool, Daddy Slick Breeze for Dynamic Discs and the Dynamic Discs Open. Thank you to everyone that has been on this special podcast series. And if you happen to come to the Dynamic Discs Open and you see me out and about, be sure to say hello. I love meeting new people.